Welcome back to Zion, Consciousness and Covenant, with Andy Rasmussen, a.k.a. Vedjot Singh and Namjoti Kar. Welcome, Namjoti. Um, um, how's everything down there in La La Land? I don't know. Surrounding environs. where I live. <laughs> Everything's great. Life is, life is good. Life is happening. What about you? Up there in the Great White North or wherever it is. <laughs> well, it was summer this week. That was good. Um, <laughs> we spent uh, last week down in your neck of the woods and got back and it was summer. So it was fantastic. It wasn't when we left, but it is now. Yeah. Sometimes in the spring, summer, and winter, kind of duke it out like every other day. <laughs> yes. That's how it was. The kids' last week of school was, you know, in the 50s. So we head down to Zion and then uh, to L.A., went to the beach a little bit, came back, and it was mid-80s and, and perfect. Nice. So. Well, hey. it was really hot here, and we planned a beach birthday party, and then it rained. <laughs> of course. So it does. Same thing here in June. <laughs> June is a little unpredictable, especially by the beach. Yeah, I was glad we got some good days. We really did when we were down there, because you never know. Mm-hmm. Well, we're heading out um, separately, but we're going to a 3HO Summer Solstice Celebration this coming week, weekend, I guess, and the following week. So I thought we'd do a quick podcast before and encourage anybody who's thinking about it and maybe wants to head to New Mexico, the high desert mm-hmm. summer, <laughs> um, to go ahead and do so. But you wanted to, you had a couple of things to follow up with our previous discussion first, the uh, cold depression. Yeah. Um, in our last podcast, we talked about it. I don't even remember what I said <laughs> because I don't listen to our podcast, but I, I learned a little bit more about it that I wanted to just share. Um, so uh, cold depression is not just personal. It, it, it occurs across like an entire population during global transitions. And it might kind of always be present to some degree in individuals, but it can increase like profound levels like a sudden like a tide and just become a group phenomenon so um that was what kind of was amazing to me when I learned about it because it does feel like all of a sudden people that weren't crazy a month ago are crazy now (laughs) I don't mean crazy but you know like there's this deep existential disconnectedness you know all of a sudden and like all of us can become prey to it and this abiding anxiety and loss of meaning (laughs) Um, it's, yeah, just kind of emptiness, loss of motivation, and it always comes with confusion and, like, dullness. And really, like, Yogi Bhajan gave many techniques to deal with it, but, um, above all, I mean, it's, if it's a group, if it's, like, a global problem, then we need to work on it as a, a global solution, you know? So, I don't know. I just think it's really important that we talk about it and discuss it and not just pretend that everything's fine. Because maybe it is fine, but then the next day it's not fine. <laughs> and everybody's yeah. not. And all the old tools aren't working anymore. And and then then what do you do? You know? 
and luckily we have this technology, but even within this technology, we need to keep, uh, keep sharp. And community is so key, that connectedness, you know, and it's become really important in my life. Like just sitting in circle with people in my community, um, and sharing from like a real level of truth, you know, like, like what's really going on and what are we feeling and what, and, and then chanting and meditating and sharing food, you know, the, the celebration things, but also like the sharing of like the deep, like, like what it, like, why are we here? What's our purpose, you know, or like sharing the, you know, when you, when you spend the day weeping, like, and you know, you shouldn't be doing that alone. You know, the bearing one another's burdens, like we should be calling out for help or, 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 or just knowing, you know, those of us who are blessed to maybe it's just for a day, have a clear mind and know, um, who, who we need to call and just be like, how are you really, you know, (laughs) especially when we have tools to help them. That's the thing about Seva is you can't give it unless you've earned it right like you earn and so you can give so when you have a store then you can help others and if you don't have a store then you call on your community so so that's it that's my thought because I did have a crazy I had a crazy week I, I had a couple friends I felt like I had to call and see how they were doing and offer offer to do some healing on them. And I called them and they were both in the depths of despair. (laughs) And these are people that are like, not ever like that. And then they both like snapped out of it. But, um, it took, you know, like it took using my tools. And then a couple of days later, I found myself in this place of just like, like I was having a meltdown. And I didn't even really know why, you know, but I think a lot has to do with like completing everything, a lot of things I've been working for. And then also my daughter's turning 11. There's this big completion and this just this weeping like I'm coming to the end of a 90 day meditation. Actually, it was yes, two days ago, 90. I had to do this 90 day meditation to finish up my last level two. Um, And it just felt like you know, I questioned everything. Like, am I like, what if have everything that I've been working for, does it even matter? (laughs) You know, and I had to drum on my drum and like cry it out for 20 minutes before I could finally do the meditation. And, you know, and I got through it and I was like, what was that? But it's just, it's just humanity. We're being human. And, and luckily I have a great community and there were people there to hold me during that time. And, um, and that's what it's all about. And that's that's what we're doing here. Beautiful. There's a couple of things you said, Namzoti, that I think are real key. The first one that I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but it's something that I hear over and over from people, and I experience it, is the old tools don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my personal life, everything that I used to use as a escape or coping mechanism whether it was maladaptive or not you know uh just doesn't doesn't escape me anymore Mm -hmm. and uh and it's a common experience as i talk to people 
But you mentioned uh, community well, being can the key. I say one thing? Yeah. The old tools don't work, but some things that used to work okay now work amazing. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so, like, the crystals and the, you know, like, some of these things are like, eh, I don't know what this is. All of a sudden, you, you can feel it, you know, and meditation becomes more potent than it ever did before, too, so. Right, and that's... Uh, that's excellent. That gets into what I want to talk about because it makes it it makes it easier to get in and feel the the essence of the meditation and the moment and the energy. But you did mention that community is the key, mm-hmm. and you know I think that's um, that's key to this age, right? The, the Book of Mormon that we have for this age is written, and it's one of the things that for some has been a stumbling block in in both directions. It's written as a societal document. It's written to a society, obviously with keys for individual um, connection with God and salvation. But it's written uh, as an example of societies to societies, to groups, to communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's worth pondering. I just, as you were talking, I remembered this quote from Yogi Bhajan. He said, when you don't use your intuition to serve others, uh, to establish relationships with others... It doesn't matter how much wealth or security you have, you'll be bored to death. And uh, <laughs> bored is also one of those uh, potential symptoms of the overwhelm of cold depression. But <clears throat> anyway, really good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. I had just something I wanted to mention that's been really key to my own journey for the last year or two and continues to be since it's not the easiest lesson to learn or apply, I guess, for me. And that's the importance of of getting in this moment. Mm-hmm. And we hear a lot about that <clears throat> and what it means. And my favorite uh, author about that to describe it is Eckhart Tolle. And I think he just does a wonderful job. If, if anybody's not familiar with his books, uh, The Power of Now and A New Heaven and Earth, are great, and you should you check him out. He's very succinct and um, and pure in the way he describes uh, this journey. Yeah, but do you like Eckhart? Well, I like. I don't. I only have the power of now, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, and it's such a. It is the key, I think, to any spiritual journey, which is, of course, is any journey that we're on, but. There's the key that I've noticed in myself, and you talked about it previously uh, years ago, <clears throat> and with me personally. The we all want to have. There's a sense in us, in this um, dualistic, somewhat limited, well, certainly limited uh, experience here, to want to expand, to want to have a bigger experience, a bigger understanding, a bigger knowledge. Nothing obviously wrong with that when when correctly understood that was Abraham's key. He wanted a, to be a greater follower of righteousness is what it said, and so he sought the keys. But this is a, something that can then lead to attachment um, and trying to at one with things that uh, that are temporal and cannot provide that expansion of, of experience and consciousness. That's kind of some of the root of addiction that we can talk about at some other time. But we all want to transcend this limited ego self, this small I, 
uh, wants to, above all else, experience vastness, you know, infinity, mm -hmm. finite versus infinity. And you've mentioned it before, when you pick a fight or participate in a fight, accept an invitation, perhaps, to an argument, <laughs> it's because you want a bigger experience of the discontent yeah. inside. Mm -hmm. uh, the opposite, also obviously true. A loving relationship is sought to have a bigger experience of the love that we sense and know inside. A mm -hmm. uh, common denominator, obviously, is the bigger experience. So whether it's sought through physical, emotional, or spiritual means, that's the essence of our of our soul's desire here. And the way to to have that experience, well, let me do it this way. Uh, most of human suffering, most of our suffering, personal and the societal, is a product of fear or desire or attachment is kind of a desire maybe under attachment. Uh, both are products of a kind of futuristic orientation. We don't trust that this little insignificant moment called now can provide mm -hmm. or contain all the vastness we seek. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's the only time, you know, point in time or space that does. That's where time <laughs> touches eternity. Yep. So it doesn't matter whether we conceive of that salvation or that security as a lot of money or a fulfilling relationship or spiritual enlightenment even, or coming into Zion, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of our audience. <clears throat> the mind structure is the same, and it, it just can't deliver what we believe it will. Mm -hmm. And the key is sliding into and fully occupying this present moment. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is the key to Satnam Rasai and a lot of other healing modalities, is to experience the moment fully, without judgment, without condition, without labeling. Um, and of course, that all means without any sort of resistance to what is. And that's why I would recommend uh, Eckhart, because he explains a lot in about how surrender to the moment is not acceptance necessarily of what is. If you're stuck in the mud, you don't say, oh, there's quicksand. You don't say, well, woe is me and sink to your depths. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, any purposeful or true action can't be undertaken until the suchness, he calls it, of the moment is accepted. And there's, I think, it's probably something I'll talk about quite a bit in a number of different mm. um, ways, but I wanted to get it out there and see, get your thoughts. Well, when you said such, did you feel it activate something? Suchness. Such, it's a mantra. Such, yeah. such, such. I chanted such for 31 minutes one time on the full moon with my teacher. Uh, odd, such, jubad, such, right. such. And I don't remember exactly what such means, but in the ch, there's like this activation. I could just feel it when you said it. I have a feeling that it probably helps get us into now. I'm such, about such, have a such, and busy face, such. Hmm. I think that is talking about God is true. The beginning, throughout time. Yeah, through all time, yeah. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up. But, um, yeah, well, okay, so what I thought when you were talking is, um, 
just how, like I'm really practical. Like, okay, well, how, how do I get into the now? Because I do um, struggle with this all the time because I have a mind, a very powerful, active, intelligent mind that loves to figure stuff out and is always like projecting into the future and thinking about the past and trying to work out seven puzzles at once. And it, um, it's my strength and my weakness. So, um, what I have found in this journey is just, um, getting into the body and one really easy way that I just learned from Yogi Bhajan. And I wish that I could have a video to show or you could see me, but basically you take your hands and he says, try this and you do it for like a couple minutes or even less. And you're like, Oh, all my stress went away. So you, you count to five and you, 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 um, slap your thighs one, and then you clap your hands together two, and then you open your hands up, like just like palms to the sky three, and then you clap your hands together four, and then you slap your thighs five, and then you start again. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And it's a simplest little movement. It's not a meditation. You're just clapping your hands and it will like, you can have all this stress, all this stuff in your mind, but you can't, you can't stay there because you have to kind of count and remember. And then all of a sudden there's this rhythm. And that's one of the ways I think that I learned about stress and vitality is we repattern our stress patterns through rhythm and um, movement and stuff like that. So I think dancing is a wonderful way to get into the now and um, just getting into the body, remembering your body. I have this little thing. I've, I've been trying to perfect it, but I'm like, when I realize that I'm in my head, I have this little like figure eight that like I wiggle my left toe and then I shrug my right shoulder and I wiggle my right toe and I shrug my left shoulder and I say a mantra and that gets me like, I'm I, actually, I haven't perfected it, but I'm like, I need to have a thing, a thing that I do when I realize I'm not in the now to get me in the now. But really, all you have to do is realize you're not in the now. And then you're in. (laughs) And that's the key, right? As soon as you recognize it. And then take a deep breath and then, and then just look around and see the, the different shades of green on those leaves and the, the dust on this thing and how beautiful the light looks when it, oh, look, there's an Oriole. We have Orioles in our orchard. They look just like the same color as the fruit on the tree. So anyway. As you say that, that's that really is the key that I've noticed for me personally as I practice it. And it's true of every time this teaching comes up anywhere, whether it's in Satnam Rasayan or Eckhart Tolle talks about it. Obviously, Buddhist practice is full of it. Uh, And in the temple as well, I think you'll get an idea if you're paying attention. But it's the portal to the now, to eternity, to these experiences, is through the body. And through the experience of the body in anything. For me, it's just taking a deep breath and maybe moving a little bit, but being aware of that breath. And it's profound. I don't know if it was always this easy. I don't remember it being. When I would try different forms of meditation before I found Kundalini and you know, concentrating on your breath and stuff. But it's really profound now. You mentioned some things work better. You can shift that focus immediately and notice the trees that I'm looking at right now and notice Mm -hmm. the leaves. And all of a sudden, once you take that breath and you're in the body and then noticing the environment. Mm -hmm. But you know what I noticed, Felice, is it's harder to stay there. And sometimes when I know I need to get there, when I'm in the upset and noticing it, 
and commotional. I don't want to go there <laughs> because <laughs> I'm either, I'm I'm happy what? with the expanding um, yeah, commotion experience, <laughs> or I don't trust it. I, mm-hmm. I, what? And this this is for me is fundamental. I don't trust that it's going to provide for the next moment. If I don't worry about or concentrate on or you, you tension trust. out there, you know what I mean? It's not going to take care of it. I don't, I don't think I'm alone in that. Well, your mind doesn't trust it, exactly. but you right. Did. This program that's running you is like, no, 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 no. Stay with me. Don't yeah, go over there. Right. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, I was, oh, I wish I had it. I was just talking to someone about, um, the book, um, C.S. Lewis wrote, um, screw tape lever- letters and yes. about yes. The, the devils and how they write letters to each other. And they're trying to, um, give advice to the underling devil on how to tempt his patient. And one of he gets this scathing letter saying, how dare you have allowed, you know, how could you have allowed him to go take a walk through the woods? You know, like it's going to undo all that we've been working for, because when he's walking in the woods, he's like completely able to see through all the stuff that he once thought was so important that we were doing such a good job convincing him of, you know, those aren't the exact words. It was much better worded. But if I had it, I would read it anyways. I don't I must have lent it out. But but it's so true <laughs> you know it's like that program's like no 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 don't go over there <laughs> uh-huh. it, is, it is very insistent uh and it, again with the fear projections and it's very easy to talk about outside the moment theoretically but in the moment boy it's real uh mm-hmm. the programming is strong right well, personally and genetically yeah and sometimes it's just programming and sometimes you have to just cast out the devil <laughs> you have to sure. listen yeah to absolutely it be like that is a lie (laughs) and like go away (laughs) you know and like yeah I mean I was drumming and crying and I was like all these stupid things that I I I knew they were stupid as I was feeling them and thinking them and then finally I'm like wait these aren't just stupid these are flat out lies (laughs) and like I know who does this you know and then you know, they, they get me where I'm the most insecure or the weakest or have the most, um, sort of weak side, you know, like I have had, uh, you know, it's a struggle sometimes to play both parents and they, they always are like the, the chatter is always, Oh, you'll never be able to do this. You'll mm-hmm. never, mm-hmm. you know, it's always an accusatory voice. Yeah, like you'll never be able to support your daughter. She'll never be totally happy. You can't get her riding lessons and blah, blah, blah. It's like, ah! (laughs) I'm doing a great job. And then there's this other moment where I'm driving in my car and I just feel this overwhelming sense of you're doing a great job. And I know who that's from, you know? And sometimes, so yes, programming is a big deal, but like, we hear the the voice of the spirit and the voice of the devil through through our programming, through our minds. So, absolutely, and it's yeah. Anyway, I again I'd refer people to Eckhart if you haven't uh, studied him or or read him for a while. His the languaging he uses is very precise, and he he uses ego um, to de- and to describe the mind shatter and mm. uh, pain body is another term of his that would describe. Uh, 
a number of things, but primarily uh, demonic entities, uh, among other things. And it, the way he puts it together is very uh, easy to understand. So I wanted to watch what can be said about that, but I wanted to throw that out there. I'm going to put him by my nightstand again. Yeah, yeah. There's so well, many good books. I actually, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I think go ahead. That's, that's good. We we talked for a while. <laughs> I, think, right. I think we should uh, talk more at Solstice. And if anybody wants to come join us, there's it's in Espanola, New Mexico, just north of the town on sacred land that the uh, Native Americans gave to Yogi Bhajan because they said he was the prophesied person to um, that would come, yeah. and they gave it to him. And it's it's special. And we do white tantric yoga for three days, and we do yoga and meditation, and we sweat, and we cry, and we laugh, and we camp, and we drink water from artisan well, well water deep, deep in the earth. And um, we do yoga part- and camping. It keep it gets you in your body and in that moment. You're not thinking about much else. And we do seva. We do karma yeah. yoga. We learn how to run a camp of like a thousand to two thousand yogis um, through everyone's service. Um, you learn how to cook for thousands of people and serve them. Or you know, I actually never volunteer to do the cooking because I like to go there and have everyone cook. <laughs> For me, so I usually volunteer in other areas of camp, but um, you can choose. That's the great thing. It reminds me a little bit of, of like kind of like, oh, this is how Zion would work if you know, if we uh, when it, you know when it's working, it'd be like this, and people yeah. are serving and helping each other, and the kids can run free, and it's very safe. There's a kids camp, but after camp, they kind of just yeah, they roam. It's, it's just wonderful. And again, an opportunity to to be immersed completely in the moment and understand how that feels and take that sure. to your life. People have asked me kind of what the program is like, what you do on a day-to-day basis. And the other than the white tantric days, which are obviously full of, of white tantric, uh, I've likened it to a an education week for yeah, yogis. Kind of- you, lots of different classes available every hour, a couple of hours, and you can choose the ones that you want to go to. All your yeah. favorite teachers and chant cool. artists are there. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, and you meet cool people, and it's good. I mean, it definitely can be a challenging experience, but um, Yogi Bhajan brought us out there to teach us how to rough it. And um, he also taught us about luxury as well. But um, it's good once a year at least to go and know that you're strong that you can do this wonderful so we'll talk there and anybody uh, who is there uh, will and maybe we get you on. outside at like four in the morning under the moon it's amazing yes yeah in like with like a few hundred to a thousand other yogis depending on the busiest days that people show up but it's it's amazing when you chant like Rake Raganahar with like 800 other people mm-hmm. like uh, and the moon is rising. I it's I love Almost it. Most enduring memory of that first time I went was the long Kunkars mm-hmm. with a thousand people, and it echoes across the whole camp. It's just incredible. And the in the early morning, high desert outside. So yeah, that'll be Beautiful. fun. We'll see you there. 
Okay, Satnam. Satnam.